hour number three of the John and Leah Show. My name is John Ziegler. My co-host is Leah and Brandon. This is the program where we talk about the news of the week and the events of our often bizarre lives and where we provide you with a three-hour oasis of rationality in the desert of insanity that is the American cultural and political landscape. And we still have lots to get to in this hour number three of the show. Our website is www.freespeechbroadcasting.com. Before we get on to uh, several other stories that I found of interest, uh, Leah, I do want to revisit the death of Prince. Because Mm -hmm. when we started the program talking about uh, the very tragic and sudden death of the 57-year-old music superstar, I forgot, I forgot (laughs) to honor... Uh, what was clearly, at least according to CNN's Wolf Blitzer, uh, his most famous song. I think we all know why the color purple, uh, it will always be associated with Prince. And and certainly Wolf Blitzer is very much aware of that as well, as he told the CNN CNN audience uh, just after news of Prince's death had broken worldwide. All of us, of course, remember Purple Haze uh, and and what that did for the, the, the world of music. (laughs) <laughs> purple haze great I, I job wolf i don't quite remember purple haze <laughs> oh wait a minute purple rain haze rain you know actually, Jimi hendrix versus prince yeah you know, well you know one black guy you can't tell him apart you know that's you, exactly right well, i mean it, it, you know what that reminded me of i mean <laughs> oh, i know what it reminded you oh of. really Oh, I'm sure I know. The greatest clip in the history of cable news. This back from the Katrina coverage was Wolf Blitzer. Almost all of them that we see are so poor and they are so black. (laughs) All I know is what's on the Internet. (laughs) So poor and they are so black. How in the world does he have a job? <laughs> he mistakes. He's the right political persuasion. Well, that helps, but still, I mean, he's not good looking. He's not good. No. He's, he's made, terrible. He's made numerous statements over the years that would be perceived as, uh, at the very least, politically incorrect, if not flat out racist. I mean, mm-hmm. that's as racist. If, if a conservative white male looking at the, the pictures of Katrina in New Orleans. Had said almost all of them that we see are so poor and they are so black. They would have been fired immediately. Fired you bet. immediately. Now, Blitzer probably got a benefit of the fact that it was so much chaos and insanity going on at that time that it kind of got lost in the midst of of all of that because it was a very very scary time. And look, people say things mistakenly when they're live without teleprompter all the time but of course if you're a white male conservative that's not a good enough excuse plus Uh, twitter wasn't around then that's true twitter probably might have changed that because so poor so black would have have been absolutely trending so poor and they are so black (laughs) yeah but i mean it's it's basically what he did with purple haze you know Jimi hendrix prince one black musician whatever whatever. rain (laughs) haze you know they're all and the odd thing is that people used to compare prince to Jimi Hendrix. And Prince said, um, that's because of my skin color. Did he really? <laughs> yes. Wow. And he's, he said, look, he's unique and I'm unique and we are not alike at all. 
I did not know that. Well, that's yeah. Uh, well, you're the music expert on the John and Leah show, which is not saying much because I'm not much of an expert on music at all. Although I did appreciate Prince, uh, obviously having gone to high school and college in the '80s, it was pretty much the law uh, that you had to. And it's a shame that he's gone. But uh, it I, is. But the Wolf Blitzer clip. I mean, come on. So poor, and they are so black. Doesn't doesn't get any better than that. Um, by the way, speaking of race, uh, and the media won't tell you this is a race issue, but when we come back. Um, we got to talk about uh, two of the most horrific stories, certainly of the week, if not the year, that the news media just decided, you know what? Um, yeah, let's let's not talk about this. This is just a little too uncomfortable. But, of course, there's nothing too uncomfortable for the John and Leah show. So we'll discuss them when we come back right here on the Free Speech Broadcasting Network. If you ever have trouble sleeping, do yourself a favor, folks, and listen up. It might just change your life. I know it had a big impact on mine. I'm talking about using MyPillow. You may have seen MyPillow's owner, Mike Lindell, on their TV commercials. Well, MyPillow is fit just for you, the kind of sleeper you are, on your back or your side or how big or small you are. I love MyPillow, and my wife and daughter use theirs as well. Obviously, a good night's sleep is a life changer. And now's your chance to take advantage of this special offer. Buy one MyPillow and we'll give you one for your partner for free. Don't waste another night on bad sleep. Life's too short. Call 800-871-1827. That's 800-871-1827. Use the promo code JL for the John and Leah Show for your free pillow and start sleeping better right away. Call 800-871-1827 or go to MyPillow.com and be sure to use that promo code JL for two life-changing pillows made in America with a 10-year warranty, all for the price of one. That's MyPillow.com. Welcome back. This is the John and Leah show. My name is John Ziegler. My co-host is Leah Brandon. Our website is freespeechbroadcasting.com. And Leah, um, while we try to have as much fun in this program as we possibly can, given the circumstances of the news on a weekly basis, uh, we make no bones about the fact that we're both pretty darn pessimistic about the future of this country. Uh, You actually might be more pessimistic than even I am, which is really saying something. And one of the reasons that I'm pessimistic, and I think you are as well, has very little to do, at least directly, with where we're heading politically or even necessarily economically. I'm referring to where we already are socially. And what I mean by socially, I mean, we obviously have a lot of divisions. I think, for instance, race relations have gotten worse, much worse under Barack Obama when they were allegedly going to get better, but even more devastatingly than the racial divisions. I feel like society is starting to come apart at the seams. Yes. The the, the things that kept a society together no are, longer exist. Right. They they've they've evaporating. They're they're fading if not already gone. And things like for instance value of honesty, uh the value <laughs> of loyalty, uh, the value of life. I mean just as things as basic as that. I mean those are really if you take away belief in a higher power, which I've always thought was paramount to keeping together a society, because if you ever live in a, if we ever get to a point where the majority of people don't believe in a higher power 
and don't believe in an afterlife and believe that what happens here is all that matters and that there will be no punishment for bad acts after they die, look out. Well, I, look, I think we're moving towards that at warp speed. We are. And, and by the way, statistics and polls bear that out, that fewer and fewer people believe in God, religion, and they certainly, I think, even more dramatically than say they believe or don't believe, fewer and fewer people act like there's a God or act like there's an afterlife. I mean, I think there's an enormous number of people who will say publicly because it's good for them, or maybe even they want to pretend to believe it, that they believe in a God or an afterlife, but their actions are completely inconsistent with that. Now, the reason why I'm mentioning all this is there were two stories this week that, and I, I realize it's dangerous to overanalyze you know, a couple of instances, but these were two very dramatic circumstances. Now, one didn't happen this week, but we found out about it this week because there was a video that was revealed, a surveillance video. Uh, this one was out of Chicago, which it seems like all sorts of horrendous things happen on a daily, if not weekly basis. And this was a situation where a, a cocktail server, a guy who was 32 years old, named Marcus Gaines, a good-looking guy. I mean, Joe Biden would call him, you know, clean black guy. Um, right. Um, you know, seemingly popular dude. Uh, somehow got in a scuffle at a 7-Eleven. And... It's it's uncertain, and I don't. We probably will never know what caused the scuffle at a 7-Eleven, but there were uh, he got into a fight with what certainly appears to be another black guy. By the way, Mark Marcus uh, is was a black guy, and um, and this is Chicago, uh, inner city Chicago, and they get in a fight. Now that's not the bad part. The bad part is that the video shows that Marcus gets knocked unconscious into the street. Yes. That's not even the bad part there. He gets left there. That's not the bad part. When he gets left there, immediately, I'm talking immediately, numerous people, bystanders, come up to him and rob him. Like cockroaches on crumbs. Yeah, that's exactly right. That's exactly right. Like, like, like cockroaches, whatever animal you, you want to, you know, vermin. Yes. I mean, just the, the worst thing you could not human. Okay. Not human. They come up to this guy unconscious in the street. Don't even pretend to try to, to help care. him. Not uh -uh. Even, don't even pretend to try to help him out of the street. He's in the street. This is a heavily traveled, a busy street, street in downtown Chicago. He, he then after he gets robbed, he's still motionless. No yeah. one does anything. It's unreal. No one. He's just laying there. And then a taxi cab makes the turn, a right-hand turn, onto the street where he's lying in the street near the sidewalk and runs over him. Kills him. Dead. Now, um, this is... It's, I tell you, it's hard. It's hard to watch. It's hard to watch. If this was in a movie, if this was in a movie, you would go, oh, come on. Really? Yeah. I, there's no way that's really going to happen. Really? I mean, there could be 30 people because uh, he lays in the street forever. It, it, there could be 30 people who could have come to his aid and all they do like. As soon as he goes down in the street, you see these people running up to him. I'm, I'm like, oh, that's great. They're going to help him. And they rob him and just leave him there. And again, uh, by the way, you know, 
it appears, though you can't tell from the video, and you presume based on the demographics of of this area of Chicago, these are almost all black people. So right. it's, not, it's not like it was a you know an Asian person in a black area or a black mm-hmm. person in a white area. These are these are all people of the same race, and and it's not even human. It's not even human. And now look, I'm fully aware that. We're living in an era because of cell phones and surveillance video and the Internet that we know a, f- a lot more than we ever have. We So it is possible that maybe stories like this happened in the past and we just didn't know about it. My gut tells me that's not the case. My gut tells no. me this is something that's happening now that would not have happened 10, 20, 30 years ago. Um, that because society is coming apart at the seams... Uh, this is what we get. And there was another story that did happen this week out of Delaware, which I think is very much in line with this. I don't know if you heard about this, but this happened at a, um, basically it's a charter school in Delaware. Now, interestingly, a school with a good reputation, although, again, uh, it appears to be mostly a minority school. Mm -hmm. Uh, A girl who was black got into a fight, I, I presume, although I don't know this, with two other girls who were black in the bathroom, apparently over a boy. Mm-hmm. And the reports are that when the girls got into the fight, the reaction from the bystanders was not to break it up, not to help anybody. Of course not. But to get out their cell phones and record it. It's unreal. Now, that would be bad enough if not for the fact that one of the girls, I believe she was 15, ended up dying because of the fight. Correct. Now, now she, she was killed in a bathroom fight in a school over a boy, and people, the bystanders, were taking videos. Well, you know, that's a crime. I mean, that really is a crime. But no one's going to be charged with that. I mean, <sighs> I, I mean, it's... Uh, why? Well, you know... These are poor kids, you know, you know, look... So poor, and they are so black. We got, we have yeah. to be, have sympathy. And then, by the way, the news media on both these stories has absolutely, in my opinion, moved on from them for two reasons. One, they're unpleasant stories. That's number one. But two, because they involve black people, mm-hmm. and and this does not fit the narrative. There's no now. Look, can you imagine if in that Chicago story? Yeah. Can you imagine? If, if that, that was, was in a, a black white guy, if that had been in a in an, uh, a, a, an, a a rich area of Chicago with a bunch of white right. people, right? That's all we would be hearing about. Oh, yep. that would be that would be the biggest story ever. If a black guy got beat up in a white area of Chicago, was left to die, got robbed, and then got run over, and no one gave a damn. That's Correct. What, that's all we would hear. Instead. We get crickets. We get absolutely nothing. Well, it's racist to point out crimes uh, committed by black people. It, on, it's racist. Well, even on black I, I on mean, black it really crime. is. Even yes, it is. The greatest statement ever attributed to George W. Bush, although I'm sure he didn't come up with it, was the soft bigotry of, of low, low expectations. expectations. I mean, he nailed it. This is... This is the soft it's not even soft bigotry it's the hard bigotry now of low expectations by the media of black people this is the john and leah show on the free speech broadcasting network
Welcome back. This is the John and Leah show. My name is John Ziegler. My co-host is Leah Brandon. Our website is freespeechbroadcasting.com, which I urge you to check out for any number of features that I think you'll find of interest, including a new interview that I did with the head of Talkers Magazine about the state of the talk radio industry and Donald Trump's impact on it and vice versa. You can find that all at freespeechbroadcasting.com. Uh, Leah, it seems like in the um, final few segments of the program, we tend to talk about issues related to global warming, climate change, environmental whack jobism. Uh, we could talk about that probably for all three hours, uh, uh, some weeks. Uh, but this particular week, I wanted to share a story uh, from the Daily Caller, which is a conservative website, but a credible one. And it, it's about Earth Day. Now, Earth Day occurred this week. And it started, Earth Day did, in 1970, mm-hmm. uh, which is quite a long time ago. And By a murderer, I believe, right? Was oh, I don't know that. Start- yes, he was a murderer, but go ahead. Oh, well, gee, that's so shocking based upon the, <laughs> the credibility level of most basically of these. Just hated, hated people. Well, yeah. uh, that was the other thing. <laughs> well, that's not shocking either. That's why, that's, I mean, this is a religion. This, this environmental yep. whack jobism is a religion, only it's far screwier than, than most of the major religions. But anyway, so this has been going on now for 46 years. And the Daily Caller went back and looked at some of the predictions that were made surrounding the first Earth Day in 1970. Mm. Now, I guess they're all right on. Oh, oh, it's amazing. I mean, it, it's it, they're they're re- remarkable. They're almost Dick Morris like. Um, <laughs> so, um, and here's the deal. Look, I, I am a very, despite what my critics and my wife might say, I'm a very reasonable person. What? Now, y- y- you, if you want to prove something to me, I am exceedingly open-minded. All you got to really do is just bring a, a logical argument. Give me a narrative that makes some sense. Give me some facts to back it up. Just, just yeah. that's all I'm really asking for. I'm not asking for, you know, the stars and the moon or even the Earth. <laughs> I'm considering <laughs> this is Earth Day uh, material we're talking about here. And one of the things that I really would like from the environmental nut jobs is that you make a prediction that comes anywhere close to being accurate. Anywhere no. close. That's too much. I, really? <laughs> too much to ask. See, see, one of the things that these environmental nut jobs do is they always make predictions far enough in advance where they themselves will not have to suffer consequences from when they're wrong. They're right. almost always, it's incredible, it's almost always 30 years out. Well, because mm-hmm. most of these people are, what, about 50 when they make their predictions, because that's the height of their scientific careers. And they figure, well, I'll be 80 by then. You know, who cares? I'll either be dead or in a home somewhere. It won't matter if I'm wrong. Um, however, uh, the rest of us have lived long enough to see that these predictions are crap. They're just completely wrong. All of Every them. Time. In fact, in Every fact, time. In fact, you're exactly right, Leah. I have never, and if I'm wrong, please email me, Twitter me, Facebook me, whatever. I would love to see one really good prediction by one of these environmental nut jobs who believes that the 
you know, the earth is warming at a ridiculous rate because of man or that we're all doomed, whatever. It never happens. As you said, never happens. So here are some of the predictions okay. from, from 1970. <laughs> Good. Uh, this, is, this is fantastic stuff. Um, a Harvard biologist said civilization, this is a quote, civilization will end within 15 or 30 years. Oh, well, that's and happened. Now, we no, are we, no longer civilized, so he definitely <laughs> had that one right. I mean, well, this is that's even, you know, even the 30 year mark, that's even way before Trump. I mean, come on. <laughs> uh, number number two, uh, really bad prediction. Quote This is from a Stanford professor 100 to 200 million people per year will be starving to death during the next 10 years. Mm hmm. 100 to 2 million, 100 to 200 million people per year will be starving to death during the next yeah. 10 years. That did not happen. Nope. Uh, the next one. Population will inevitably and completely outstrip whatever small increases in food supplies we make. Not only did that not happen, but we're now producing more, by far, as a world, more food than ever in the history of man. It's not even close. Uh, even, by the way, in the so-called uncivilized world, uh, or third world, whatever you want to call it. Next one. Demographers agree almost unanimously 30 years from now, there's that 30 again, 30 years from now, the entire world will be in famine. <laughs> didn't okay, ha that didn't happen either. No, did not happen. Um, and in fact, like, for instance, in India, India is producing a ridiculous amount of food, um, which was considered to be one of the places most vulnerable to famine. Uh, in a decade, here's a number one, another one. In a decade, urban dwellers will have to wear gas masks to survive air pollution. This was in Life magazine in 1970. A scientist was quoted as saying, in a decade, urban dwellers will have to wear gas masks to survive air pollution. Mm -hmm. That didn't happen either. Now, you know, it's interesting. Yeah. The quality of our air has gotten much better. Much better in the recent decades, even here in because Southern... Because it's because of their work, the environmentalist yeah. well, work. You know, you can, I'll even, you know what, just for the hell of it, I'll give them that. But the point is, it wasn't that difficult. I mean, you know, now we've suffered some consequences for it. You could argue whether or not it was worth it. But um, the reality is that the earth is not nearly as fragile as they would like it to be. But let me just finish up with a couple more of these. Uh, predictions from 1970 during the first Earth Day. Childbearing will be a punishable crime against society unless the parents hold a government license. Now, that's something I could actually get behind. <laughs> okay, on... see? That's the whole thing. Less people. Right. I mean, depending on how the license was given out, that's a, that's a concept that I might, under certain circumstances, at least consider. But no, that did not happen. It didn't come close to happening, although I guess you could argue in China somewhat kind of did for a while. Um, but the reality is that uh, childbearing is not a punishable crime against society, uh, with even without a, a government license. And then finally, uh, this from Earth Day 1970, by the year... 2000, there's that 30 years again, that magic of 30 it is. years. Yes, it is. By the year 2000, there won't be any more crude oil. Yeah, because <laughs> we're going through it so quickly. Yeah, and by the way, um, if you look at the price of a gallon of gasoline, even here in California. I know, which is stunning. Which is the worst in the nation. 
Uh, you can on a good day, you can get a gallon of gasoline for two dollars and sixty cents, maybe two dollars and seventy cents here. Which, if you go back to the Carter era, because I'll never forget when a gallon of gasoline finally got to one dollar uh, during the Carter administration, and that was considered to be, you know, astronomical. Uh, considering what the price of gasoline had been. If you go from the Carter administration to d- today, it's really the price of gasoline has only increased slightly more than inflation in that time period. It's right. it's, it's very, very close. Um, and the reality is that most people think we have a glut of uh, crude oil, at least if you ask OPEC, they think that we do. Uh, the, the most important element of this is none of these predictions come true. None uh-uh. of them ever do. And... And really, the, the fatal flaw, other than the fact that these people have an agenda and aren't that bright, <laughs> those are two big problems right there. When you have people who have an agenda and aren't that bright. And, and they're pre- murderers. Let's, <laughs> let's not forget they're murderers. <laughs> okay. I've got some details on the murder, by oh, the way. Okay. All right. We'll, we'll get to that in a second then. All right. Okay. Uh, but just to finish up on the previous thought. So you got people with an agenda who aren't that bright. But the, the essence, the statistical problem that these people do is they – extrapolate the data they they take a very minute and let's face it all of our weather data for instance is minute it's flawed. and it's flawed well, it, it, it could it could be flawed so they take that and extrapolate it out no that's right multiplying you're, the flaws right, you're right that it is flawed i agree that it's flawed because as i always say you know i live here in southern california who the hell was taking the temperature in san bernardino county 80 years ago before air conditioning nobody Bingo. nobody all right Bingo. Uh, so i mean by the nature of the way humans have migrated we're going to hotter and hotter areas but okay i'm not even going to argue about that what what i'm going to argue about though is you take a snapshot in the midst of millions of years of existence and you just and you and you come up with a small increase, and then you extrapolate that over time as if it's going to continue the, exactly right. the same. There's nothing that's going to happen to change it. When when the reality is, especially in the realm of weather, it's always going to go up and down. It's always going to be cyclical. Look what here in California we got El Ninos, La Ninas. Things are cyclical, so you can't extrapolate forever based upon a, a very short time frame. Well, that's the essence of why their their predictions are always wrong because they're taking bad data from too short a time period and extrapolating it why because they need to create a dramatic impact so that they can get more money that's what Correct. it's about that's what it's about that's that, what it's all, all right so about. tell me about the murder from the guy who created earth day right so ira einhorn uh he's known as the unicorn killer now he's the guy who is credited for starting earth day uh, he was convicted. As a matter of fact, he's in prison. He was convicted of the murder of his ex-girlfriend Holly Maddox. Uh, apparently, she disappeared following a trip. Uh, she went to go collect things from the apartment that she shared with this guy. I think they were breaking up. Well, he killed her. Uh, 18 months after she disappeared, police found her partially mummified body in a trunk in his closet. And it had been packed with styrofoam, air fresheners, and newspapers. And he's credited with creating Earth Day? Yes, he is. I did not know that. All right. That's correct. Thank you for that information, Leah Brandon. So there you right, go. When we come back uh, for the final segment of this edition of the John and Leah Show, uh, maybe, at least in my opinion, the, um, the dumbest 
semi-news headline I have ever seen in my life, uh, which I think is an indication of a, a far greater and more damaging reality. I'll explain when we come back. And will I be on MSNBC tomorrow night? Uh, I say yes. Lee and I will discuss that uh, as well on the John and Leah Show on the Free Speech Broadcasting Network. is the final segment of this edition of the John and Leah Show. My name is John Ziegler. My co-host is Leah Brandon. And Leah, as you well know, it takes a lot, especially in 2016, to um, get um, me to react to anything in the news media. I'm as jaded as they come when it comes to media malpractice. In fact, they did a movie by that very name about the 2008 election called Media Malpractice, how Obama got elected and Palin was targeted. But this uh, headline from uh, two days ago really got me. Um, I think you'll understand why. Okay. It's, from, it's from People Magazine. Now, granted, People Magazine is not, um, you know, the New York Times, although the New York Times isn't the New York Times anymore. Um, well, it's not geared towards Mensa members. Let's just put it that way. Right, but it's also got a rather large publication, and, and it's still popular, and, and, and it definitely appeals to the masses. And, you know, President Obama uh, went over to Great Britain and created some controversy, understandably so, because he's telling uh, the U.K. to stay in the EU, uh, which is incredibly hypocritical from him, especially considering how he treated Netanyahu over issues of Israel. But that's a a side note to the the headline here. So the headline is – there's a photograph of little Prince George – along with his dad and Barack Obama. Now, it's a cute picture. I will, I'll be the first to acknowledge it's a very cute picture. George, little George is a very cute little guy. Uh, and I, Is and he I, wearing his little terry cloth bathrobe? Yes. Uh, yeah, I saw that photo. So he's wearing the bathrobe, pajamas, whatever. And it's a super cute photograph. How, here's the headline that People Magazine used um, for the article related to the photograph of President Obama with little Prince George. Mm-hmm. This is unbelievable. This is unbelievable. This is not a sarcastic headline. This is a real headline. In fact, the the author of the story used the same headline to promote the article on his Twitter feed. Okay? Headline, Prince George in his pajamas shaking hands with President Obama is the greatest moment in U.S.-British history. What? Not, no, no, it wasn't a joke. This, this, in, in, the, in the minds of People magazine, nothing has been greater in the history of U.S.-British relations than a cute photograph of Prince George with our President Obama. And I think who wrote that? Some twenty-two-year-old. Well, that's idiot. exactly what I'm thinking. I'm thinking some. Somebody who has only ever lived in the Internet age, who's a super liberal, who gets an erection, you know, figuratively for Barack Obama and thinks it's super cute that he's with Prince George and has no sense of history at all. I mean, ten dollars an hour. Freelancing. I mean, but don't you think somebody there and I tweeted this got a ton of retweets on it. Don't you think somebody there might have gone? 
maybe we should tone this down a little bit. You know, there you know was what? A- no, because they're all, all of these places have been invaded by millennials who are clueless. I, just clueless. Don't you, I mean, it, maybe, you know what? That's, I think you probably have hit your hit the nail on the head here. This was somebody who has no idea. I mean, that anything you know, Princess Diana to them is like ancient history, and they don't, that, that's the ancient yes. UK history is Princess Diana. Uh, and World who War- is Margaret Thatcher? <laughs> who is Margaret? Margaret who? Right. And World War One or World War Two, <laughs> those are things that uh, why would we even consider those as far as being the greatest moments in in U.S. British history? I mean, it just I just was so appalled by that because I think it was so representative of so everything that's so wrong with the internet with the news media with millennials and and you know i'm sure i'm sure that the story got enormous traffic because it's a an amazing headline and it's a cute picture and that's all that matters now yes Um, oh yes so that's especially to their average reader i mean honestly to the average reader of people that probably is the greatest thing (laughs) To ever happen in U.S. British history. That's the world we're living in, folks. All right. Um, this is going to be an interesting week for me, although I have a feeling it's, you know, maybe it's because I'm so snake bitten in life. I presume everything's going to turn out badly. Um, but I, I am scheduled tomorrow night to be on live on MSNBC. Uh-huh. I, I think I'm going to get bummed. I, I think they've booked me and will think better of it after uh, having several days to possibly fully vet me. Because uh, it would. I'm not sure. You're, you're betting that I will be on MSNBC. Okay. And you well, know why? Why? And you know why? Why? Because Prince died on Thursday. Right. So, people have been preoccupied with getting Prince material together uh-huh. and putting the packages together, rather than vetting upcoming guests. Hmm. All right. Well, we'll see. I mean, just. You know, stay tuned to my Twitter and Facebook feeds because uh, it will definitely be an interesting appearance if it happens. Uh, I haven't been on MSNBC in, in quite a while, um, for better or for worse. So that'll be interesting. And then I'm actually heading to Pennsylvania. What are you doing there? Well, I, you what know, kind of riff raff are you causing this time? Well, we'll we'll, we'll find out. Um, I, I'm going there for two reasons. Uh, otherwise, I wouldn't be going. Um, I'm going to Pittsburgh. Weather permitting, and I'm sure I'll get screwed by the weather because this is the bad luck of John Ziegler's <laughs> life. Uh, I'm going to be playing. Um, Even the weather's against him. Right. <laughs> Not that I'm narcissistic or anything, uh, um, but I, you know, the U.S. Open this year, the U.S. Open golf tournament is at Oakmont in Pittsburgh, which is one of the most famous golf courses in the country, and I have been invited by a member to play Oakmont, uh, largely because of my work on the whole Penn State thing. Oh, how cool. Right. So I'm going to be playing Oakmont. And as part of the – I couldn't just go just to play Oakmont. So I've combined it with another event, which, if it doesn't get canceled, um, will probably provide some fodder for next week's John and Leah show. Okay. It's it's going to be very, very similar to the the O.J. Simpson event that you and I went to – uh, several years ago, where our goal was to prevent... Shut it down. <laughs> shut it down so that you can never do it again. Okay, uh, so, look, if you get arrested, though, you have to bond out so you can be back for the show. Well, I unfortunately, you know, it's funny you mention that. Because this has happened to me on numerous occasions. You know, when I, I got handcuffed at USC several years ago, yes. um, I would have allowed myself to get arrested protesting that bogus Katie Couric 
Walter Cronkite Award that she got for her Sarah Palin interview, except for the fact that I had to catch a flight that night to go do a screening of my movie in Louisville, Kentucky, where I used to work at WHS. So I I was limited in in how far I could push that because I had to make a flight. Well, similarly, I'm going to be a little limited in this situation because the next day is when I'm supposed to play Oakmont. Oh, yes. So so, you don't want to do that. Yeah. Yeah. Mm -hmm. So I can't go full bore, but my guess is we'll have at least something to talk about next week. That's that's Sounds my, good. That's my guess. Um, so, as always, Leah Brandon, uh, thank you so much for uh, your input and uh, your time this week. Thank uh, you. And uh, until next week, make sure you check out freespeechbroadcasting.com, where tomorrow morning you will be able to access the podcast for this entire edition of the John and Leah Show. That's www.freespeechbroadcasting.com, freespeechbroadcasting.com. That's tomorrow morning. All the podcasts available right there. Until next Sunday, I'm John Ziegler for Leah Brandon. Have a great week, everybody. So long.